Have you ever thought about the company you keep, I mean, who you hang out with, the people you associate with? Most of us don't. Well, our parents probably did, or maybe even still do, if you're a teenager. Why? Because who you are associated with, who your friends are, says a lot about who you are. Long ago, it was drilled into me, you become the books you read and the people you hang out with. Jack Canfield, author of the Chicken Soup books, goes even further, saying you become the average of the five people you hang out with most. So think about that. Whom you choose as friends says a lot about who you are. I mean, you can get a bad reputation if you hang out with the wrong people. Just look at the company Jesus kept. To the religious establishment, Jesus couldn't be the Messiah because he associated with the sick and lame, the fishermen and prostitutes, tax collectors and women. So how could he be the Messiah? Surely they thought the Messiah would hang out with the righteous people like them. At the Last Supper, Jesus not only talks about his coming death and resurrection, but he also talks about his deep love for the disciples and how he has chosen them. As the Father has loved me, he said, so have I loved you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I just love that passage. It reminds us that God is the initiator of our relationship. It's God who chose us, not the other way around. From the beginning of time, God chose us. From the moment of our conception, God had a plan for us. In sending his son Jesus into the world, we're reminded that we've been chosen to love. Let me ask you, have you ever not been chosen? It's tough not to be chosen or even to be chosen last. Whether it's for the pickup softball game or a promotion at work or to be part of a family. It feels awful if you feel like you don't belong or if you feel like you aren't good enough to be chosen. It feels terrible to be rejected by someone you love or want to love. James Merritt tells about his childhood and the pain he felt in not being chosen. It felt awful growing up, he says, feeling like I didn't belong and wasn't wanted. You see, I grew up knowing that my mother and father divorced when I was nine months old. I never saw my biological father again, never had the chance to meet him. He never tried to contact me, and I never got to ask him why. My mother remarried a couple of years later, and my stepfather made it plain, both through his actions and his words, that I wasn't his. I know now that my perceptions about my biological dad weren't always correct and that he did the best that he could, but I still grew up feeling like an outcast. My father didn't want me and my stepfather didn't want me. It hurts to not be wanted. On the other hand, it feels wonderful to love and be loved. It's awesome when you feel like you're chosen. Knowing that we've been chosen to love by God, well, it makes us feel pretty special, don't you think? Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. 
James Merritt, whom I just referenced a few minutes ago, just happens to be a pastor. Though he felt rejected and unloved as a child, he doesn't feel that way anymore. He says, when I met Mary, who's his wife, it was the first time in my life I truly felt loved and wanted. I felt special because I fell in love with her, and she chose to love me back. He says, I still feel that way today. I've spent the last 33 years trying to tell Mary in song, in poetry, in gifts and cards, and in the things that I do and don't do, just how much I love her. He says, I blow it a lot. I don't always do what she expects or wants, but she knows how much I love her, and I know how much she loves me, and that makes all the difference. He says, I didn't think there would ever be a love that could outshine the love I felt both from and for Mary. But there was, and there is. And it's a love I didn't even go looking for. It's a love that came looking for me. It's a love of Christ Jesus, who says, You did not choose me, but I chose you. It's like God stuck his hand in a giant basket filled with all the names of all the people in the world and pulled out my name. It's like God spread out all the pictures of all the most undeserving people in the world on top of his massive desk, reached in and said, this is the one, I chose you. And then he wrapped me in the arms of his unconditional, grace-filled forgiveness and love. And the good news is that God does that for each of us individually. God didn't reach down and scoop us all up in a net like a giant catch of fish. God painstakingly chose each of us individually. God chose to love us individually and uniquely. You've been chosen to love. Now, knowing that we've been chosen to love by God makes us feel pretty special, but it also makes us feel pretty humble. And what's even more humbling is the fact that being chosen to love also means we've been chosen as friends of Jesus. You know, knowing that you are loved is one thing, but knowing that you are someone's friend is something else entirely. I mean, doesn't it make you feel good when someone you know introduces you to someone else and tells that person, I'd like you to meet one of my best friends? It lifts your spirits. It draws you close. Well, that's exactly what Jesus did. He changed our status in his eyes and in God's eyes. He told the disciples, and he tells us, I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. I mean, that's incredible, don't you think? To have Jesus consider us his friend, one he would introduce and say, this is my friend. Being a friend of Jesus has a very deep meaning, which describes our relationship with God. You see, Eastern Kings had a small, intimate group called Friends of the King. These were people who could enter the king's presence at any time and any place without a security check. They had immediate and complete access to the king no matter what was going on. When Jesus says we are his friends, 
He's saying that we too have immediate access to God through him anytime, anywhere. It's much more than being just a constituent or servant or even neighbor or follower. It's as much as or maybe even more than a daughter or son. We have been chosen as a friend of Jesus. Being chosen to love and chosen as a friend of Jesus has its privileges to be sure, but it also has its responsibilities too. That means we are chosen and appointed. All that really means is that because we are chosen, we have some responsibilities to carry out. Now I know some of you are thinking this sounds like boot camp or the military, when the sarge or the, the chief would come up and say, I need two volunteers, you and you. <laughs> it's not like that at all. Do you know what friends do? The main business of friendship is to sustain, uphold, strengthen, and make each other's burdens bearable. We may do more of that as friends than we do anything else. Friends help us get through the tough times. Friends offer encouragement when the other person desperately needs it. Friends shore each other up to face the unfairness and arbitrariness of life in this world. Friends offer a hand and a kind word. And sometimes friends simply offer silent companionship. That's what Jesus was wanting when he asked Peter, James, and John to accompany him to the garden to pray. He simply wanted to be with his friends. And he wanted to know his friends were with him in the hour of his temptation. And that's the challenge of being chosen and appointed. The challenge we face is, well, choosing to be chosen, saying yes to God's choice. And we show our choice, we voice our yes by how we live. Jesus tells us to love one another as he has loved us. Let me give you an example. It was Frank's first day at junior high school. It began with an opening assembly where all the homeroom teachers were introduced. First to be introduced was Miss Smith, and the ninth graders, knowing Miss Smith to be an easy grader and, well, not much of a disciplinarian, all began to cheer. Yay, Miss Smith, right on, Miss Smith. The next to be introduced was Mr. Brown, who also was a young and popular teacher and a special favorite. This time, the eighth graders joined in the thundering approval. Yay, Mr. Brown! Hooray for Mr. Brown! Well, by the time the next teacher was introduced, even the new seventh graders were getting into the spirit of things. Well, then they introduced Mr. Johnson. Now, he was an older teacher who was reputed to be the hardest grader of all and the least sympathetic teacher in the entire school. Well, you can imagine what happened. The cat calls began, boo, Mr. Johnson, hiss, hiss, boo, boo, Mr. Johnson. The pain was evident on old Mr. Johnson's face. Suddenly, Frank stood up in the middle of the bleachers and shouted, shut up. He's my father. The noise instantly died down as the word was passed. Hey, cool it. Johnson's son is here. 
That afternoon when school was out, Frank raced home as fast as he could, and as he went through his front door, he was sobbing. His father met him. Son, what's wrong? Frank said, Dad, I've got to talk to you. I told a big lie in school today. I guess you better tell me all about it then, son. So Frank told the story. When he was through, his dad put his arms around him and said, It's all right, son. You didn't really tell a lie. You just got the family members mixed up. Mr. Johnson's not your father. He's your brother. That's what Jesus meant by loving one another as he has loved us. He said, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Jesus willingly died on the cross so that you and I could have immediate access to the Father and all his blessings. Christ's death removed all barriers, including our own sin, that would prevent us from coming into the Heavenly Father's presence now and for all eternity. We're the King's friends because of what our brother, Jesus, has done for us. Sometimes being a friend of Jesus simply means that we've been chosen and appointed to be a brother or sister to someone else. You and I have been chosen, chosen to love, chosen as friends, and chosen and appointed to live as Jesus' friend in and to the world. We've been chosen by God. And just like Calvin once said to his imaginary tiger friend Hobbes, when he was afraid of the dark, things are never quite as scary when you've got a best friend. Our best friend just happens to be Jesus, who chooses us to love for him in the world. Sometimes, who you choose as friends says a lot about your own reputation. So, say yes to God's choice and love others as he has loved you. Amen.